0: Who's ready for space socialism? Woo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so how do we start these seasons? It's been so long since we started one.
0: I don't know. We all make some chuckle fuck jokes and then you actually tell us what's going on. dnd podcast we do fifth edition we sometimes get a bit too serious because we've all got bad mental health issues and then we do some goofs it's great
1: we cry a lot now you said a lot of scary words there i heard dungeons and <laughs> dragons that scares me i don't know any of those rules Ooh. am i gonna be able to listen to this show laura
0: yeah you are because we don't really know the rules either we all work it out <laughs> as we go it's fine you'll pick it up <laughs> What do I need to know to enjoy this show? Nothing. We'll teach you it all as we go. Uh, you, there are numbers. They range from 1 to 20 normally. 1's pretty bad. 20's pretty amazing. Lower or higher than that is very rare. We, we see whether we can do things and we tell a story together if the dice let us. But this is season 5. Do I need to listen to the earlier ones? No, that's the Joy of Deus Funk. Every season is a self-contained story. You can jump in whenever you want. There are little bits that connect the seasons. If you listen to them all, you'll get a little extra out of it. But I joined at the start of season three. Having not really listened to the previous seasons, I got on fine. That sounds great. I love the show already. Also, who am I? Who are you? You're Austin, our DM, the person who is in charge of the numbers.
1: <laughs> we should just do the entire show and call and response. It's so obnoxious. Um,
0: but Yeah, let's start with introductions, though.
1: I am Austin Yorski. I am your Dungeon Master, or DM, GM in some games. We're playing D&D, so it's DM. Um, That means I am the narrator and I play all of the non-player characters or NPCs, which means not the heroes, who will be the other voices you're going to hear. I am also the person in charge of the rules, which means I mostly decide which ones we're going to break, which is all of them. Um, personally, you don't really need anything about me. I used to write about video games. Now I do like blah stuff. That's boring. You can just talk to me on Twitter at Austin Yorski. If you want to know anything about that, um, you can support me at patreon.com slash Austin That's what keeps this show going because it's in addition to keeping me alive as a corporeal being, we also use it as a fund to buy people new microphones, new computers, all that kind of stuff, which we require a lot because we're very bad with technology. Oops. Good with gay feelings, bad with technology. So that's me. I'm going to kick it over to the next person. You already heard Laura. We might as well start there because you're probably still wondering who was that person who knew all the stuff.
0: Uh, hey, I'm Laura. Uh, I write about video games on the internet. I, I I do a lot of that. I do a lot of podcasts and I'm I'm on this show. Uh, you can find me at Laura Care Buzz in most of the places. I do a lot of talking about how stuff is very gay. <laughs>
1: Alright, I'm going to kick it over to someone else now. Um, Laura, That's Laura. We have another name that's very similar. You need to differentiate them, so let's get them close together. Lauren.
2: Sup. So, uh, my name is Lauren Morgan. I am known for being on this show for the last... This is my fourth season?
1: <laughs> Numbers are hard. That's going to be a recurring theme.
2: Numbers are hard. Uh, I got on here because I know Austin, so yay, nepotism. Uh, other than that, I just answer phones at a really bad cab company.
1: We have of course two other players on here because that's how many Skype can hold. We we don't want to play with everybody on the internet, but it's really just a five-person kind of program Skype the hell program. Uh Chris Larios,
3: hi. Hi. I'm Chris Larios. You you've already said everything everyone needs to know about me. I don't need to go any further.
1: All right, so don't go to Patreon.com slash Weekly Manga Recap. <laughs> it sucks donkey butts there. I hate it.
3: No, go there. Yeah, I, I host a, a manga podcast called Weekly Manga Recap. It's a very creative name. And uh, <laughs> I also go by the nickname Rolo t back in the days when the internet used to be everyone using nicknames instead of just their real names, which was a very long time ago, it feels like. So I go by both. God, I just remember
1: that we both used to work for Channel Awesome, and I throw into the throw myself off a cliff. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. Don't don't work on the internet. Um. Also, new player, new voice for a lot of our audience. Scintillate us. Oh God, that's
4: horrible. <laughs> that's horrible image. The image of me scintillating.
1: <laughs>
3: Scintillate me, Daddy.
4: <laughs> uh, I'm Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, I have uh, been podcasting for a number of years uh, and I used to write about video <laughs> games and now I kind of work in video games and I still do podcasts because I work for a company that uh, foolishly lets me still do podcasts. So, mm-hmm. uh,
1: Did you yeah. say your name? I feel
3: like that's the thing I didn't yeah, I hear did. in there. Yeah. Conrad yeah. Zimmerman. I heard yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, she heard it.
2: Pay attention, Yorsky. I
3: want to hear it over and over again. I love that name.
2: (laughs) I
1: was too busy laughing at myself for calling him daddy. (laughs) I'm so proud of that. (laughs) I'd love to
4: take credit for the name, but I didn't, you know, didn't choose. It's not even original. Like, I'm named for an ancestor. So it's (laughs) kind of shitty. But, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I guess I guess it's better now because like growing up in the 80s, as I did, uh, Conrad is very close to Comrade. And we still had that Cold War thing <laughs> oh, going no. on, you know, in that Rocky movie. And uh, so, yeah, that's my inner torment is uh, playground playground taunting mm. the word Comrade in comparisons to communist Russia.
1: People called me Boston once or twice, but it's not me. It's just like <laughs> I, it's just like it's like a, a taunt with no end game. I don't get it.
3: I I want to like imagine you sitting outside on like the schoolyard curb, and a bunch of kids go past, and, like "Smell you later, Boston," and the next shot's you at home crying into a pillow, just like <laughs> so wounded by the nickname. I mean, the cities aren't even that similar.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's entirely different culture. Once got. Matt Damon. Um, we
2: got <laughs> Geography jokes.
1: We got to start the show. Um, all right. So season five of Dice Funk, a real play podcast. What's the word I'm looking for? A tabletop D&D podcast where we tell a story. I am the not important characters. They are each one important character. And now they're going to tell you about who they will be embodying this season. <gasps> um, before we do that, though, we may as well set up the, well, setting. Uh, I don't think it's a very well kept secret that this season we are going to explore the the final frontier, Boston. <laughs> no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so every season of Dice Funks moves a little f- ahead in like technology and time, so it's inevitable that we would reach space. But maybe you didn't think we would get there so quickly. We did. We're in space now. Um, so I'm not going to go t- into too much detail because we'll ex- we'll explore this as we play and also. I don't know all of it yet. You know, we'll make some of it up as we go along. That's the fun of tabletop. But the important things to know, there are kind of like three plot points that precede where you guys come into the story, uh, starting with like traditional D&D. So like Tolkien-esque, orcs and dwarves and gnomes, all those people running around with like sticks and rocks and bows and arrows. The first important plot point is that all of the traditional Dungeons and Dragons gods died. Oops. All of them. They're all dead. That's cool. I never knew who they were to begin with. Exactly. And that's very helpful for our audience because I don't want them to have to memorize a thousand deities. So it's really just convenient for everyone. They're toast.
2: You're welcome.
1: (laughs) The second important thing that happened was it was discovered that there is a power higher than the gods. Uh, They are called Forms, capital F Forms, as in Platonic Forms. I don't know what they teach in schools anymore, but Plato was a guy who had an idea that the world, the material world we inhabit, reflects a perfect world of the ideal form of everything. And you don't need to think about it too hard. Just, uh, just know that somewhere out there, there is love itself and war itself. Just these nebulous concepts where magic comes from. You draw on them specifically. And in fact, every person, every sapient being in the universe, uh, has a strong connection with one of them. This is called a conduit. This is a a unique element to our show, but you will soon find out what that means in practice. We'll talk about it in literally five minutes. Uh, And then there's the third important plot point you need to know, which was that the Illithid or the Mind Flayers, a iconic Dungeons and Dragons creature, uh, came from space. In prehistoric times, they enslaved a bunch of races. This is all just canon Gary Gygax, 1970s D&D stuff. Uh, They were overthrown and defeated, and pretty much all of them were killed. But then in modern times, they came back expecting to find the Earth conquered and all of the species enslaved by the Ilithids they left there. And instead, they found a technologically advanced, uh, unified, post-scarcity socialist utopia who whooped their asses and sent them back into space. And so there has been a series of, like, illithid wars um, that have kind of defined the space age you guys are going to be starting in. Uh, It's not currently, we're not in the middle of a war or anything, but that's something that's going to inform a lot of characters, is the idea that the Mind Flayers are a threat or were a threat, and people have fought in those wars and so forth. But the Earth is fine. I don't even think we're going to see it on screen.
0: Bye, bitch. The, The space squids were just a bit angry. They weren't allowed to eat brains.
1: Yes, that's actually a very important plot point is that they require brains to survive. They're not called the mind flayers for nothing. They need to eat the brains of intelligent creatures or they cannot live. Um, So they got they got whooped up, sent back into space. And now the the people of Earth are out in space doing all kinds of stuff. What kind of stuff? Well, one of the things, the thing that's important for our purposes is they are adventuring adventuring in the traditional dungeons and dragons sense if that's like the core conceit of D&D is you're an adventuring party and you go around and you help people you take quests you slay monsters you save fair maidens and unearth powerful treasures people are doing that in space now instead of on earth because earth's basically been mapped and explored also i know it's called toriel in DD. i call it earth cuz Come on, um, <laughs> it's Earth. But I know, I know. Don't, you don't need to tell me. Um, but that's what you guys are. You're a group of adventurers. You go around to help people uh, together in your ship, the four party members. And now you tell me about them. I'm gonna stop talking for like ten minutes. I'm so grateful.
2: <laughs> um, just to, oh, I'm so nervous every first episode. Uh, so I'm going to be playing a character named Sasha Greer. She is a bard, and she's an aracocra, which is a bird person. Except they have wings and hands. Take that, Kenkoos.
1: Yeah, so you're an anthropomorphic bird.
2: Uh, flavor barn owl because they're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, my background is librarian. Um, my conduit is conspiracy. And should I explain what that does, or
1: it's your story, dog.
2: Basically, I have the ability to plan for things that haven't yet happened so we can be like in the shit and I'll be like, oh, ho, ho, I have a plan for this and then I can just win.
1: So, yes, expanding on the, the conduit thing I introduced earlier as the conduit of conspiracies, you have a powerful connection to conspiracy itself, a force even more powerful than the gods. And that allows you to plan for things that no normal person would be able to plan for. You are constantly planning and scheming. And it's going to come in handy, as we will find out. So you are a bard. What is that like? What's that about? Tell me about that.
2: Okay, so uh, Sasha. Sasha's thing is cryptids. Uh, she isn't like literally in love with Mothman. Uh, her best friend is named Jade, and they send back and uh, forth fanfics about cryptids. Jade's are nasty. Uh, Sasha's are like historical AU, so like Mothman helping George Washington cross the Delaware and shit. Um. <laughs> So she like George Moth George (laughs)
1: Mothington. Yeah,
2: George Mothington. Uh so her like barred her performance shit is uh she has like a cool holographic like wristwatch thing and it has like a holographic sitar and then she writes songs, like ballads about Mothman and fanfics. It's dumb, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. Um I feel like there's other stuff I'm missing. Oh, my college. The college I chose for my, uh, my Bard College is the College of Whispers, which is like about spooky paranoia shit.
1: What's your alignment?
2: Oh, my alignment. That's important. I am chaotic neutral because I like to fuck shit up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, one final time Sasha Greer. 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 The Aracocra, it's anthropomorphic barn owl, Bard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You fight using a wrist mounted hard light projector. And you have magic, which you get from the Conduit of Conspiracies.
2: Yeah, you said that all way better than I did. <laughs>
1: I'm sure you'll nail it once we get going. You're very nervous right now. I know. All right, who is next?
0: I'll,
2: I'll jump in next.
0: I'm excited to bring my, my person to the world. Uh, So this season, I'm going to be playing a character called uh, Leah Moira Melbeck. Uh, She is a middle aged gif um G-I-F-F, which is basically the hippo race i'm going to be a middle aged space hippo lady uh, her background is as a bounty hunter she used to just go get drunk with people in pubs to find out where the bounties were to be like if i get you drunk enough you'll 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 get a bit loose-lipped and then i can go i can go g- get the thing before you can haha um my alignment is chaotic good Honestly she just kind of wants to make friends and you know get get stuff done meet new people she's she's not about that she's not about any kind of bad life she's she's a bit all over the place but she just wants to make friends and be all right in terms of weapons uh she's a reflavored ranger so she's basically just got a big old shotgun that she go runs around wielding she can do all sorts of things like uh, doing doing extra damage to enemies that haven't been beaten yet, and and all all sorts of things that make her very good at going out at, and shooting things. And her big ability as a as a conduit is she is the conduit of spirits. Uh, basically, she gets drunk and gives very very rousing speeches, which will mechanically allow the party to re-roll the dice that they've already rolled the trade off is, every time she does this she moves up a table getting drunker and drunker until she becomes completely useless to the party so I, I have a very cool ability to to give a good old drunken speech and let people redo their dice but if I do it too often I will literally pass out and be useless to the rest of the team <laughs>
1: All right, so Leah Myra Melbeck, the yeah. GIF ranger and Conduit of Spirits. Um, this is a, the GIF are an interesting race. They were actually introduced in Spelljammer, mm. which I'm sure some of you have been screaming about since you hit play on this episode.
4: <laughs> what? We're not playing the space one?
1: Sorry. Yeah, there already exists D&D in space. I did not invent that. It's called Spelljammer. It was mm. introduced in the late 80s and ran until the early 90s when it was canceled because nobody bought it. It's it's not very popular, but it did a couple of things. It really fleshed out Mind Flayers or Illithids. I think I'm going to try to call them Illithids because Mind Flayers seems like it would be a racist term in universe. Uh, it really fleshed out the Illithids, the Beholders, and it introduced a couple of creatures, most notably the Gif, which Laura is playing. They're kind of a almost like a British Empire inspired uh, race. Yeah.
0: And any of the art you look at of them definitely looks like early 1900s British colonialists.
1: Yeah, pip pip cheerio, gonna pop over to the colonies and subjugate some natives.
0: Oh yes, I'm going to go explore all these places. Who knows what's there? They probably don't know what's going on on those planets.
1: So that's fertile ground for some social commentary. But also, it's interesting to note that GIF are aliens. Uh, You are the only alien in the party. Every other species originates on Earth. Despite the fact that hippos are an Earth creature, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, she's not actu- she's not actually a hippo. She just looks conveniently like one.
1: Yeah, the people who made Spelljammer were on crack, and it's wonderful. <laughs> I highly recommend buying the PDFs on Drive RPG because the actual materials are impossible to find in paper for a reasonable price. But I bought all the PDFs to read them because they're psychotic.
0: Yeah, but no, she's she yeah she's just uh, she's just a drunk hippo lady with a gun that wants to go make some friends out in space. All right, so we have the
1: hippo with a gun, and we have the owl uh, who loves Mothman. Who else do we have?
3: Uh, I'll go. So uh, I'm going to be playing this season Dr. Olivia Adler, who is... (laughs) I didn't go to school for eight years to be called Miss Adler. Absolutely not. (laughs) I will be referred to as Dr. Adler. Thank you very much. Uh, She is a merfolk cleric. Uh, we're reflavoring clerics to be more of a medic this time around, so the powers aren't coming directly from a god and more of sort of like a knowledge of science. Uh, and for merfolk, essentially just think a fish person, not like a mermaid, but like the shape of water kind of fish person where they you oh. know, they seem like an actual physical, like, uh, you know, anatomically comparable to a human Sort Anthropomorphic of thing, but then,
1: is the word. <laughs> there you go.
3: See, I'm not the smart one, but I'm trying to play a smart character. It's be mm-hmm. a big, big challenge. Uh, so if you're curious about it, it's all actually based on Magic the Gathering, which is a supplemental material. I won't get into all that because it's pretty boring. But just understand that this character has a bit of a Magic the Gathering influence to them as well. Uh, my character is a hipster. She uh, enjoys uh, drinking chai whiskey cocktails, wearing skinny jeans, and or er, uh, and listening to electro swing music. Uh, And she also uh, is biotic. She has, like, biotic powers. You ever played Mass Effect? It's similar to that. Uh, She has a chip in her head, allows her to manipulate things in a telekinetic sort of way. Not telepathic, but telekinetic. Uh, I think that's most of the relevant... Oh, I also have a little robot who helps me out. His name is H37P. But in this moment right now, I've decided I'm going to call him Steve Dave. And every time he helps me out, I'm going to shout out, Tell him, Steve Dave! (laughs) So... That's just part of the character now.
1: I love when you plan for six months (laughs) and then change your mind on air as it comes out (laughs) of your mouth.
3: It's a very Dice Funk move. That's how I do it. Uh, And my character is the Conduit of Prevention. Uh, So she could do two things with that. One of which is that she can basically cast Counterspell uh, when she needs to. Uh, Counterspell being a very thematically blue thing for Magic Gathering. uh, But she can cast it to protect people. And she also has immunity to diseases and poisons, but she can transfer this to somebody else at the cost of losing it for herself for a long rest. So uh, she gives uh, the ability to be immune to diseases and poisons to somebody else. Uh, she is a lawful good character. Uh, and the reason she's lawful good is because she has a uh, an oath that she's made that she will help anybody she can, that she will not let people die regardless of what that person's alignment or positioning is so she will not kill anybody and she will not leave people to die either
1: so in a
3: DD campaign where you've
1: vowed not to kill anybody it's going to be very interesting slash difficult but you do have a weapon
3: yes uh she has a little laser pistol that she can use to to zap people and she also has spells that could potentially hurt too but she's she's definitely aiming not to do that she's aiming to help the party more so she's not a She's not oblivious to the idea that, you know, sometimes combat is needed to move things forward, uh, but it's worth noting that she'll make sure the enemies aren't dead afterwards either. So that's her. That's her goal on all this. She's here to help people. All right. So one more time. That's uh, Doctor.
1: Yes. Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Olivia Adler. You nailed it. Uh, The Merfolk Cleric and Conduit of Prevention. Uh, a lore note is that in D&D there are like a thousand different kinds of fish people, there are merfolk Saha sahagween which I just loathe having to say out loud with my human mouth, and triton, uh, the, in our Dice Funk universe, these are all just different kinds of merfolk, so don't sweat over the fact that we are contradicting the book that you bought from Wizards of the Coast, it's fine that's it, right? Nobody else alright, Okay, now we can get started <laughs> One more
4: guy. Oh. Who else we got? Oh, okay. So um I am going to be playing Dreg. Just Dreg.
0: <laughs> How'd that spell?
4: D-R-E-G-G Dreg.
0: Don't need none of your fancy names.
4: No, no. No, he does not. He's a one-name kind of guy. He's a pretty simple guy. I, I wanted to. I always like to reach for something that's like I can't usually easily identify with when I role play. So I decided to create a character that was large and imposing. Uh, so Drake is an ogre. He's about uh, nine feet tall, uh, and he is very, very large. Um, so
2: big. He's <laughs> he very, big, big though. He's a very he big, big boy. He's thick.
4: He. He is a very big boy. Uh, He is largely imposing. He's very intimidating. That's what he does more than anything because he's not actually much of a fighter. Um, But he is a conduit of obstinance, uh, which uh, will represent itself in the ability to, uh, once per long rest, ignore all combat effects from a single source.
1: So once every mission, you can point at someone and say, fuck you in particular.
4: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, now, that doesn't, necess- that doesn't equate to, you know, protection from the death that said damage could inflict after combat is over. But uh, for that encounter, at least, uh, he's good to go. Um, but he is, uh, his background, is, he's, a, he's, a, he's a paladin. His background is uh, criminal. And he's uh, uh, a law- he's a lawful evil alignment, and he has a uh, one of those dark, horrible backgrounds that he doesn't talk about.
0: Aww.
4: That I'm sure he'll have to talk about at some
0: it's, point. It's fine. Once the captain's got enough drinks in him, like <laughs> try and drink him under the table. We'll get them stories out eventually. Yes,
1: yes. Good luck with that.
2: <laughs> That's a lot of alcohol. She's
0: she's a lot of hippo lady.
1: Mm. We we haven't actually talked about uh, everyone's positions on the ship, because as I said, you guys are an adventurer party. That's what they're called in the future. That term has come back into vogue. You're just adventurers. Um, And you all have roles on the ship. So what's everybody's role on your ship?
0: Um, I'm the captain. I keep everyone in line, make sure they're they're doing their stuff, and basically try and prevent inter-party conflict, because the last couple of seasons of this show have had a bit of that. (laughs) And... Captain Melbeck's not about that. She's about having a crew who are gonna, you know, stay on one page and do a job. <laughs> oh, I
4: totally forgot to describe my character's appearance on any level other than him being big.
0: Neither <laughs> <laughs> did I. Really, I'm. I'm hoping like I'll. I'll work it out as we go.
4: <laughs> I. I. I do have one thing that I. I he does uh, have a particular weapon that he favors. He has a pair of brass knuckles. They're called Right and Left. That's dope. <laughs> Uh R I T E and L E F T because you know it's four fingers and really, and and they're it's it's interesting because they're so that he can read them. Aww. <laughs> it's so he can identify which one is which. Uh and if you
1: guys get trapped in a dungeon, he's your man to figure out which <laughs> way is which. Oh <laughs>
4: uh, yeah, so that's that's his that's his the one key element of his character that I think is important. That he has these brass knuckles that you know read right and left on them, <laughs> upside down to everybody else's perspective.
1: Uh, all right, so Dreg, the Dreg. Paladin, Dreg, Dreg, the Dreg, Dreg. <laughs> We're just gonna keep doing that for a while. Dreg, <laughs> the ogre paladin, a uh, conduit of obstinence. And you are what on the ship? What is your role? I
4: am. Uh, uh, oh, I'm. I'm in charge of security. I guess is the mm-hmm. idea.
2: I'm
3: the big guy. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot to mention my character's best friend is a minotaur called Big Star.
2: I was waiting for it.
3: How did you what? How (laughs) could you forget that? I, it, it slipped my mind because it's not on my character sheet, but it's very important that everyone knows that. His actual name is Big Star followed by a star picture.
1: It should be, yeah, put it in your bonds. The bonds box is for friends. Why did yeah. you not
0: put that in your bonds?
3: It is, I just didn't pay attention to it. I'm a bad person. Put I'm it sorry,
0: everywhere. Put it in your items, put it in your proficiencies. <laughs>
3: <laughs> my skill set. Don't need Animal Handling, just need Big Star. Uh... I, I My character spent eight years becoming a doctor so that she could fix the ship's engines and so she could help with all the food.
1: Uh, this is going to be one of those seasons, huh? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Sasha's the, like, strategist. I make plans. Mm-hmm. Good luck, y'all.
1: So Captain Leamira Le- Le- Me- Melbeck, who's the captain, Doctor... Olivia, I keep you changed your last name right before we started recording. So I keep what's what is it? That's
3: because my last last character's name was the main character from my zombie, and I forgot. Doctor Olivia Adler. Adler. All right.
1: So Doctor Olivia Adler is obviously the ship doctor. Dreg is the security officer, and Sasha Greer is the intelligence officer, which just means you do all the plans. You have charts. You basically have the. uh. I love a good graph. Yeah, the you have the graphs and you have the wall with the red string.
2: I have a laser pointer
1: for for bamboozling cats.
2: No, for pointing at all of my plans on my graphs that I blow up into giant poster sizes. Oh boy! <laughs> do you not love graphs, Austin?
1: I do love graphs. You know what? You've really turned me around on them. Um, so before we start, is there anything else anybody wants to ask or add? Any setup you want? This is a good time because to get it all in one kind of recorded area for people to listen back to if they want the skinny on the characters.
0: The the only thing I'll say um, about our captain is that she's uh, her background is as a bounty hunter. She's probably she's probably pissed a few people off by getting them drunk and stealing their bounties. So it's probably. As much as she just wants to get out there and make friends, there's probably a few people who do not want to make friends with her.
4: So you have not always been successful at making friends. That's what I'm taking away from this.
0: Yeah, like, here's, here's the thing. Some of these people... <laughs> oh my god, it's some of, some of these people, I'm sure <laughs> the captain would go, didn't we have fun drinking, though? <laughs> didn't we have fun drinking, though? I'm, I think that's how she would see it. <laughs>
3: Isn't an enemy just a friend who doesn't know they are one yet?
0: Exactly. I mean, that's the only thing I'll, I'll throw in for mine.
1: <laughs> that's a great segue into this cold open of the action of the season, because um, you guys have been on a mission. You, you basically are a licensed adventuring group, so Earth is not quite a utopia, but it's pretty close post-scarcity kind of Star Trek deal. And so you guys are sanctioned. You have like licenses and stuff to do the stuff you're doing and you get, you're given missions. And the one you're on was to hunt down some Niogi, is what they're called. They are a spell jammer exclusive race that was kind of added as the villain Uh, because traditional villains like orcs were given a lot more characterization. So they needed a new villain. I'm putting pictures of Nyogi into the Roll20. They are big, hairy spiders, wolf spiders in particular. But instead of having uh, spider heads, they have uh, slimy eels for heads. And their two front legs are like grasping claws. Um, You guys have been hunting these guys because they are inveterate slavers their entire society is built around slavery uh for reasons which can become yours with a low price of only one history roll Ooh. and we start the season where you guys have tracked them back to their ship uh their ship which looks like a mosquito full of hate it is a sleek vessel with the landing gear kind of looking like a pair of legs, and it has this back section that's blood red, like the back of a mosquito. They are pretty sick. I think the iconic Spelljammer ship for my money. Um, And you guys have caught them on the landing pad, loading slaves into it. And they all pull weapons. And we start this season in a Mexican standoff between the four party members and four Neogi. I
3: rolled a 12 for uh, history.
1: All right, does anybody else want to help out a roll? This is a good time to introduce the concept of group rolls. Yes. If half of the party passes, the party, the party succeeds.
2: I, oh, I rolled an eight. Oops. I don't know shit. I've just realized I muted my
0: uh, mic. <laughs> uh, I've got a negative number in history, but I still somehow rolled a 17.
4: Yes, that that is about right. Oh. That sounds right. Yes, yeah, so a two. That seems about right.
1: <laughs> to explain skill checks to the audience, uh, when I ask for Yes, role, to the
4: audience. To the audience. <laughs> when I
1: ask for a roll, there's a number I'm looking for, which is the, called the difficulty check or DC. In this case, I, usually I don't tell them. So in this case, the DC was 10. So I needed them to be 10. We have a 12 and a 17, which means half of the four, two, passed, which means they get the information they're looking for. So uh, first things first is the ship they're trying to get onto is called a Neogi Death Spider. Death Spider, one word, if you want to Google image search it, I recommend it. It looks badass. Second of all, the Niyogi themselves, uh, their entire society revolves around slavery, not because they're genetically evil monsters, but because they have psychic abilities which allow them to dominate other creatures. And so their cultures will revolve around that. And all of their relationships are transactional. There's no such thing as like a boss. He's your master and you're his slave. There's no such thing as a king. He's your master and you're his slave. That's just how their society works. And so they've treat everyone like that. It's yes, incredibly evil, but it's not just like they decided to twirl their mustaches. So, so to speak. And also they are all individuals with inner lives and, you know, likes and dislikes and favorite colors and flavors and stuff. So they're people, but they are in the middle of transporting slaves and you've caught them. So that's a thing.
0: Look, so your your whole deal here, you you lot, is uh, you you do the whole slave master thing. Now, if you don't want uh, that whole hierarchy to start with us at the top, I think you probably want to let them go and just let us get on with our day. I I think that you should probably be, uh, yes, unless you want us taking charge of this whole situation.
1: All right, so I want to set the scene up a little bit. So there's these four Neogi, these furry, huge spiders. I say huge. They're huge for spiders. They actually only go up to about, like, your knees. Um, But, you know, that's still incredibly huge for a spider. And they have these disgusting, drippy, slimy eel mouths at the end of their necks. And it's really gross. And they all have weapons. So like Olivia, you're pointing your, you know, laser pistol at one of them. And he's pointing a laser pistol at you. And Dreg, you have your brass knucks pulled back. And that one has a sword. And you guys are kind of pointed at each other. Sasha, you use your wrist mounted, a hard light uh, projector to pull out a rapier. You know, like you ching at a a light rapier. And the other guy's got a, a pistol on you. And you captain liamira melbach you have your shotgun pointed at one and he has some sort of wand and you guys are pointing it at each other so it's a full mexican standoff and you threaten uh this this guy and you need to roll intimidation to see how that threat works
0: this is where i have to remember what my stats are i don't know what my new character's good at intimidation okay no bonus on intimidation so that's just a d20 oh no that's a four. I am not very intimidating at all. However, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show off a thing I can do. I'm gonna use my conduit of spirits to give myself a rousing speech. Reroll the dice and try and be more intimidating. Ew, a little shot of shot of Dutch courage. Just mm, here we go. You really don't want to mess with us. I'm willing to drink, and uh, I'm willing to just get drunker and drunker, and who knows what will happen with this shotgun if I get drunk enough. Roll again. Oh, man. I get up to 16 now. She's had a drink. She's threatened to be a bit trigger-happy. She's a bit more intimidating.
1: So shotgun in one hand, flask in the other. Uh, you tell this Neogi that you're about to, that he should fuck around and find out, basically. Um, and one of them says to the other, in a language, uh, which is called deep speech. Does anybody here speak deep oh, speech? I do! <laughs> yes. Yes. Deep Speech is the language of the Illithids, and in their various conquests throughout the galaxy, they have spread it pretty far and wide. So it is one of the more common languages alongside of language that's literally called common. Uh, so it's not a surprise some of you speak it. But One Neogi says to the other, um, The captain is dangerous. Focus
0: on the medic. <laughs> um, M- is just gonna is just going to say back, You know, I can understand you, right? All right, so you
1: blow your cover <laughs> 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 on purpose, I guess.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to keep them intimidated. I'm like, you, you don't want to scheme against us right now. Uh, let's roll
1: initiative for the first <laughs> combat of the season. Initiative just means who goes first. I rolled a two. Not good.
0: Eight. Oh, uh, 22.
1: I do. Yeah,
4: no, it's, it should be. Yeah, I got a 14.
1: All right, so you say hey, I can hear you and they turn and all go to shoot the medic, uh, Dr. Olivia Adler. Adler fucking hell
3: dicks. Um Austin, do you want an easy way to know how to remember it? Is it like Irene Adler? No, it's a bad pun because oh God. the nickname for Olivia would be Liv, so Liv Adler, live and learn, the great theme song from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2.
1: Alright, so they turn to shoot Dr. Olivia, Captain Melbeck, as the person who won initiative, you get the first shot.
0: Okay, so, um, I'm just gonna aim square at one of them with my shotgun and take a shot, so that is, uh, what are the stats on my shotgun? Uh, that's an 18, All right, so
1: you rolled 18 to attack. Now, there's a number you need to be above, which is called their armor class, or AC. And you don't know what it is. I do. And this is the part where I tell you, you hit it.
0: Huzzah! Which means I now get to roll damage and see how much damage I do. So uh, I roll d10 plus two piercing damage. That's seven damage.
1: All right, so the guy you were talking to turns to shoot... Olivia, and you blast him in the back with a shotgun. He does not die, but you blast him in his furry butt. And now it is Dreg's turn. Dreg.
3: ah, uh, I mean, you said, how tall are they? They only go up
1: to about your knees. <laughs> Wait, my knees? No, not your knees. For you, it's ankles. All right, I was, I was
4: going to ask, because, I mean, I think I could just kick the one in front of me. Step on him. Yeah. Do do a big steppy. Uh yeah, let's just s- literally step on the one that you said one's brandishing a sword. Yeah. Is that like a cocktail sword?
1: <laughs> <laughs> to you it is. To him it's a mighty saber.
0: It's right. scooped into a piece of pineapple, but that shouldn't make it any less intimidating.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to step on him. Um All right. Do a big steppy. Big
1: steppy. I got to figure out what my die roll is let's see here. It's just be I got a ten. Ten is actually enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, roll damage. These are just furry spider guys. They're mo- they're mostly powerful because they enslave stronger guys to fight for them. You just happen to catch them in the middle right. of enslaving some guys. And D ten for damage, and I do five damage. All right, so you just do a running kick and you just boot <laughs> this guy across the landing pad. He's still alive, but he did Yeet. not enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is now my turn. So now all of these uh, neogi are going to attack the party members. So uh, for Melbeck, we got a seven. That's not going to hit. For Dr. Adler. Dr. Olivia. <laughs> for Dr. Adler, got another seven. That's going to miss. For Dreg, we got a six. That's going to miss. I like this. And then for Sasha, we got a 15. Are you
2: fucking kidding me? <laughs> That hits what what attack did that one use? Did it bite with its little eel face?
1: They know actually they do have a poisonous bite, but this this one has a I think he has like a cutlass, like a pirate's oh. cutlass, and he slashes you for four damage, Sasha. Oh, what, a, what a bitch. And speaking of Sasha, it is now your turn. You just got slashed by a spider eel. Oh,
2: all right, so I'm going to attack him with my laser rapier.
1: He does not enjoy
2: uh, eleven that hits. Okay, so here's something cool I'm going to do. Um, as a bard in the College of Whispers, I get something called Psychic Blades. So I'm going to use one of my Inspiration die to add an extra. I just lost the thing. Uh, 2d6 damage. Nice. Uh, and then I'm going to whisper, Your family hates you.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
2: <laughs> it's psychic damage. I don't know, man. Five, so 11 damage total.
1: All right, you so you stab this eel through the neck, and he starts gurgling. He, he's not happy about that. That's it's not lethal on the spot, but he is not in a good way. Um, and it is now Doctor Adler's turn.
3: Okay, so I'm gonna go to the one that's been threatening me, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna cast a spell on it. And the spell is called Command. So what will happen is Steve Dave's gonna float up and like expel this little poof of like suggestibility mm-hmm. gas. And that creature needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Eight. That fails. It sure does. I could use one word to tell that creature how to behave. And I'm going to tell that Neogi to surrender. All right. And he has to
1: obey your command. So he throws uh, his little uh, laser gun at your feet and throws his little spider hands up.
3: And I will uh, kick the laser gun away.
1: All right. One Neogi down. Tell him,
3: Steve, Dave. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my god what is the, what does your little robot friend look like i need i need a stronger picture of my mind
3: uh he, he's a little like uh i think like a little orb that kind of hovers in the air and he has like a small little uh like lens that acts as sort of like its optical sensor and then he just has a lot of compartments you put you played uh knight's yoda Republic, right yes imagine like goto but much much smaller and can float higher
1: okay so it sprays uh chemicals in the yogi's face and then does dr adler say surrender yes it's a pretty baller move, just in the fight with four slaver alien, just be like, surrender, and they just throw down their gun. Everyone else is very impressed by that. Yay! Um, and it is back to Captain Melbeck's turn. Uh,
0: so Captain Melbeck is going to get her shotgun back out, and before she does an attack, she's just going to, uh, once again in deep speak, say to them... Um, so the member of our team that you were going to, uh, gang up on, remember? Heard you say that. Uh, just told one of your people to surrender and they did. Uh, the rest of us have been kicking your ass. Are you sure you don't want to reconsider this whole trying to fight us thing and maybe just surrender now? Are you sure? Alright, roll intimidation again. Thirteen. Uh, that is
1: not going to get them to surrender. And in fact, you see that that Niyogi looks back to the ship, Uh the death spider, as it's called, and you hear a roar from
0: inside.
2: Oh, no,
1: that is not good.
0: Uh, The one the one that looked at the ship before the roar happened. What kind of state they looking in?
1: Uh, Very bad. You shot him in the back with a shotgun, which is notoriously bad for one's health.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Getting getting another shotgun shotgun blast. Gonna go gonna go for another shotgun. Uh eleven. Does eleven hit?
1: Sure does. Okay. In fact, the American Medical Association recommends zero servings daily of shotgun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that'll be four more damage. Lethal or non-lethal? Uh non-lethal is what I'm going for. Alright, do you wanna paint me a picture of that? Uh I'm going for like shooting shooting in the legs this isn't going to be fun this is going to be painful but i've probably not taken any vital organs out just take a blast at, blast at those legs and hopefully the shock of uh, the shock of it'll lo- lose them consciousness even if they're still breathing all right so you
1: actually blast like one of their legs off and it collapses onto the ground uh spitting and twitching it's not happy about that turn of events but too bad because now it's dreg's turn Paint a picture for me. What's the spread looking like? Uh, So, Dreg, you have one who you kicked. Uh, He's not happy, but he is looking about, you know, uh, half health or so. And then there's another one that Sasha is fighting. She stabbed it in the neck. It looks like it's on death's door. And there's the one that surrendered, and there's one on the ground.
4: Yeah, the one on the ground is the one I'm actually most curious about. But I've got the one's attention over there. Dreg's going to grumble very loudly, walk over to him and just step on him.
1: <laughs> the one that Melbeck just uh, non-lethally?
4: Just cowed, yeah.
1: All right, so you actually have advantage, which is a thing that I get to explain now. Advantage means you roll twice and take the higher number. Mm, so 14. 14 hits. And damages. is oh, only 3. It's only three, but it's a coup de gras. so yeah. Captain Melbeck blows one of its legs off and hits the ground, and then Dreg runs over and just stomps on its head. And and then I'd like to make an intimidation check. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that is a pretty intimidating thing to do. I have no idea
4: what I'm doing. <laughs> no, I'm just, it's been so long since, everything I've played uh, in the last 20 years has been D10s or D6s, and that's it. I
2: never know what I'm doing, it's Okay.
4: I just I just need to do it a few times to remember how it all works. And, well, no, that's not true. My last time I played D and D was also in nineteen ninety two.
2: Hmm. Oh, that's when I was born.
4: Yeah, thanks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Fucking savage, dude. <laughs> yeah.
2: I didn't mean for it to be.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That's real rough. Thanks.
2: Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm bad at. I, I say th- I'm so sorry. <laughs>
4: Uh, but no, um, so,
2: so if your charisma is 18, that'd be plus four. If plus four is 16.
1: Two. All right. So 18. Wow. 18 is very good. Um, so the gurgle, the one who has a stab wound in the neck, uh, gurgles, uh, a word of surrender and kind of falls, uh, or it kind of prostrates itself. Can't really fall to its knees cause it has spider legs. And the one you kicked earlier kind of just stays down after you assert your dominance. But then the roar from the ship gets louder, and something begins to walk down the gangplank, which is what I've decided the part of the ship you walk down is called. (laughs) That's close enough, yeah. (coughs) I assume it has a better name, but none of you know it, so fuck off. (laughs) I really don't. Uh, And you see what has come down, what what exits the death spider, is a creature called... (laughs) a bozog (laughs) Uh. oh my god a bozog is part ostrich part velociraptor in the style of jurassic park not the actual historical velociraptor but rather the deinonychus which they are based on in jurassic park too much information um they are uh both reptilian and avian Uh, They're about human size, they have incredibly sharp talons, and this one seems to have been dominated by the Niyogi. And it comes down the gangplank, all feathers and claws, and it screeches,
0: GET READY TO DIE!
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it is now the only thing you guys are fighting, as the other Niyogi are either dead or surrendered.
0: So, for anyone unaware of these things, they're very good at kicks.
1: (laughs) They love to kick, they really do. They love to kick. Yeah, that's yeah, because their arms are just ostrich wings, so they actually can't even hold things. They're entirely foot-based. They have a foot-based economy, which is also the world Tarantino wants to live in. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just Drag's turn, so now it's the enemy's turn, so the Bozog actually gets to go first. It runs down the gangplank, and this is where the players realize where you are. The characters have known this the whole time, but I'm revealing it now. You guys are on the moon.
0: Oh, I love the moon. Uh, are we talking Earth's moon?
1: Uh, you guys are on a moon called Pell Three, Pell P E L L dash three. Um, you don't need to remember that right now. It will become important when later I hand you all a map of the system Ooh. you are in, and it, it this will become important. But right now, us players are just learning about this, and the Bozog does a huge jump because there is very little gravity on Pell Three, and it does a flying kick to Dreg. Ooh. Kick, kick. 15 and 13 makes two attacks. Okay. My armor class is 11. Oh, no. So they both hit. Yep. You take 10 damage as it kicks you in the face, twice scratching you on its way down to the moon's surface. Okay. That is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Bozogs, do not mess around, and it is now Sasha's turn. All
2: right. I am going to try Dissonant Whispers. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a spooky, spooky spell. Uh, So that's a wisdom saving throw. Four. Uh, three d six psychic damage, and you have to use your reaction to move as far away from me as your speed allows.
1: Wow. All right. You want to roll that? Yeah. And what are you whispering? Because you just whispered to the guy that his family hate him when you stabbed him in the neck. Um, So evil whispers are kind of your thing, or not evil, conspiratorial whispers.
2: You're not as good at kicking as you think. You're a monster. It's an 8. It's 8 damage.
1: All right, so the Bozog takes 8 psychic damage as its ego is wounded and it becomes it begins sprinting across the surface of the moon. <laughs> Bye. Um it's getting away, but it will it will eventually get over to it it Whispers and come back to kick you all to death. It is now Dr. Adler's turn. Okay. I'm just going to practice saying Adler all week.
3: That works. So, I'm going to try to cast another spell. Uh-huh. This one is actually one of my domain spells. So this is uh, all clerics are domain of something. Sometimes they're domain of war. Sometimes they're domain of uh, light or love or the moon, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Olivia's domain, though, is a kinetic domain that we reflavored into biotic. So this is a biotic spell I'm casting, and I'm going to cast levitate on the Bozog. So the Bozog needs to give me a constitution saving throw. And if not, it rises 20 feet into the air. 19. (laughs) Huh. <laughs> so you try to use your uh,
1: psychic implant to lift the Bozog, and it just sprints right through it because its legs are so powerful.
3: Well, I tried, guys. I can go home now.
1: Oh, <laughs> All right, it is now Captain Melbeck's turn.
0: Okay, this Bozog has taken damage already, hasn't it? Correct. Okay, I'm going to use one of my cool abilities that I have called Colossus Slayer. Oh, snap. Uh... When a creature, if I hit a creature with a weapon attack, so I've got to hit it first, but if I do, it'll take an extra 1d8 damage because it's below its maximum hit points. Nice. Uh, so let's do my roll first. 23. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That hits. And let's work out that damage roll. So, uh, oh boy. That's a 11 damage.
1: All right. So you shoot it in the back with your shotgun. Yep, shoot it in the back with a shotgun. All right, I assume... Well, I don't want to assume. Uh, lethal or non-lethal?
0: Uh, non-lethal. All right, paint me this picture. I don't want to go for the legs, because this thing relies on its legs a lot, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking a shot for the wings. The wings, as far as I'm aware with Bozogs, seem to be mostly aesthetic. They don't tend to do <laughs> a lot with them. It's on the moon. It'll get height if it needs to. I'll leave the legs fine. Take take a shot in the sort of wing ish area.
1: So do you go chasing after
0: this? Do you guys have like a foot race
1: across the surface of the moon?
0: <laughs> I only so much as is required for a shotgun. You gotta get you gotta get a little close.
1: Yeah. So I like this. It, you're running. It's it's gaining uh you know distance on you because it's a very long legged, lithe creature, and you're kind of a big hippo lady. But just as it passes out of your shotgun range, you kind of zone in on it with your ranger skill and you wing it. Literally, shoot it in the wing. <laughs> the centrif- centrifugal force of it hitting the, its outstretched wing spins it around, and it tumbles into a crater on the moon, uh, wounded but not dead. And you guys have won this fight.
0: That's nice.
1: mm mm-hmm. uh, What do you do? do?
0: Do we know enough from that history check to know whether, once unconscious from battle, this uh, Bozog is likely to no longer be under control?
1: Uh, you know that n- usually neogis have to re-up their domination every day. So it's an everyday thing or if you kill the neogi or if it drops the domination deliberately,
0: okay. And you said there was a bunch of slaves being loaded onto these ships,
1: yeah. they were they're being loaded on as you got here, and they stopped to fight you to defend the the cargo.
0: Do the slaves still be it uh, seem to be under control?
1: Um, you you have to walk up onto the the gangplank to like the the cargo hold. There is actually literally a place on the Death Spider, this is spell jammer cannon. There's a specific slave section of the ship, because that's how Neogi do.
0: Okay. Um, I don't know about the rest of the uh the, the crew, but um Captain Melbeck's intention is very much to try and find out like, are these slaves in a position where we can get them not slave?
2: I can fly in and take a peek because I can fly That seems like a good call
0: I
4: mean, if we just crush the Niyogi beneath our very large feet
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that we all have Yes Yeah, reminder, there's still three cowed Niogi on the the launching platform They're still alive, though
3: Do we have, like, restraints for (laughs) Niogi? Are there spider handcuffs? (laughs) (laughs) You tell me Little fuzzy
1: handcuffs.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I assume we do. We're bounty hunters, right? So we'd have to be prepared to arrest any kind of alien species.
1: You're an adventurer, so you'd have whatever you need to do your adventuring job. That's up to you. Like
2: a Chinese finger trap their their legs together.
1: Okay, that's extremely cute. (laughs)
2: Uh, Actually, Captain Melbeck's going to go up
0: to the ones that are still alive and conscious and go... Uh, We're here with one particular aim right now. We're trying to deal with this whole, uh, all these slaves you're trying to load up. Uh, We have two options right now. Either you stop controlling them and you don't redo that control, or we could kill you. That's always a way of, uh, that's always one way of getting, uh, getting what we're after. So what's it going to be?
4: For emphasis, I'd like to put my boot next to them.
1: My friend is very good at squashing. Why don't you roll intimidation with advantage, Dreg, because you could squish him with no effort. I I, I could.
0: Into into intimidate them into thinking you might.
1: So that
4: would be eighteen. You roll twice and take the higher with advantage. Oh, oh I have advantage. Oh well then Yes,
1: because you have beaten them in combat.
4: Yeah, it's still eighteen. <laughs> it's it's still eighteen by a long shot.
1: Yeah, so with 18, uh, with one of their comrades dead and their backup weapon uh, in a crater on the moon, uh, they they say,
3: Are you our master now?
2: That's a lot of responsibility.
0: I suppose so. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be keeping up mastering duties, but for now, yes, hello. <laughs> All
1: right. So according to Neogi culture, they are now your slaves.
0: Well... Oh.
1: Well, this is problematic. <laughs> it's
0: fine. They're, they're my slaves for now, but as soon as we fly off this planet, I'm gonna do the like Dobby is a free elf. Uh, I release Robin Williams That's genie. Fuck. I'm, That's, really fuck with them. That's really
4: gonna fuck with him. That's really gonna fuck with him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Niyogi release there. Uh, the, I keep saying domination, but literally in the Spelljammer book, the ability is called Enslave. They were not playing around. So, yeah, they they released their their psychic hold on all of their prisoners.
0: Quick reminder, was our mission to get these slaves back, was that what we were after? Yes. Yes, okay.
2: Oh, good.
4: Just throwing this out there, just as a thought that someone could have. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How many slaves, how are we getting them off planet, and wouldn't it just make more sense to leave the spiders here and send them off with the ship.
1: Yeah. So you guys do have a ship and we could talk about that in a minute. I was waiting for the right time to introduce that. But if you guys want to give the the, the death spider away.
4: You I was thinking are... about giving the death sla- spider to the slaves and then leaving the spiders marooned on this rock. And
2: I mean, that seems fair.
3: We out. Is Is there like a intergalactic sort of like policing force that exists?
1: I mean, that's basically you. So the universe is so, 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 vast that it's basically impossible to police efficiently. So as, as adventurers go all throughout the galaxies and the solar systems exploring and you know making contact and setting up new civilizations and mining and all kinds of boring stuff. Set their frontier justice. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is required sometimes that... People step in to help. And that is your guys' job. You guys are licensed to help in this solar system. Uh, we will talk about that in a moment. Uh, but basically, you are the people people call for help. So, no, you you can't really call in anybody else, which is I mm. believe is the tenor of your question, Chris.
3: What I was most looking for, is there someone that if we take these guys that we can deliver them to or would we just have to keep them prisoner aboard our ship if we were like arresting them per se? Wait, you want to hang out with these guys?
2: <laughs> well,
3: I, I'll i say this. Livia's not going to be particularly cool with the idea of marooning them since that seems basically like sentencing. I can't speak today, but it seems like that'd be killing them essentially because they wouldn't be able to eat.
1: Uh, Pell 3 is inhabited, so okay. they would be able to make it back to civilization. You would not be just murdering them in a long, cruel way Okay, if you leave them here.
0: Okay. Fuck them! Yeah, it, in, in that case, my, my gut is like, okay, let's get, get the slaves, let's not worry about taking taking the spiders with us.
1: Alright, so I think, Sasha, you volunteered to fly up to the death spider and check it?
2: Yes, flap, flap.
1: Alright, so you flap up onto the ramp, you walk up the ramp into the hold, and you see there are cages, uh, and cages full of bozogs in here. And they're all
2: screeching.
1: Help me! Please!
2: Hey! Hey! Help! No, shh. It's okay, babies.
1: <laughs> Roll perception. Uh, perception. Roll persuasion to calm them. I think eleven. Uh, eleven is above average. So you calm down enough, Bozogs, to explain to them that you are giving them control of the Death Spider, and I assume you unlock their cages and
2: release them into the ship. Yes. Is anyone a licensed pilot? I am. All right. You're in charge now. You're the hey, captain. Yeah. <laughs> make
0: sure to let them know we were the ones that rescued you so that we make sure we get paid uh
1: so yes yeah, so sasha releases the prisoners uh dreg and captain melbeck intimidate the yogi and uh dr adler you hear a uh pained cry coming
3: from a nearby crater <laughs> i will investigate that
0: Ow! Oh. I'm sorry. Uh, i'm gonna
3: go see what's in the crater is that the one that we attacked Yes, this is the, the Bozog that Captain Melbach shot in the wing. Alright, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna give that 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 good bird some, some healing. I'm gonna give it uh, cure wounds.
1: Alright, so you cast cure wounds. Do you want to roll for that? Yes. So that I is mean, you can just roll medicine to see how it goes.
3: Is that a thing? It sure is, buddy. There it is. All right, we could do that instead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Twenty. Hell yeah. All right. You patch up this wing like the medical professional you are. Flawless. Um, it's gonna come. It's gonna heal even better than be, it was before by some miracle. And Bozog says, "Thank
2: you, fish lady." I'm
3: gonna give it them finger guns.
2: They can't finger <laughs> guns back. It doesn't have hands. Ho- hopefully, it it's... reminded me of my limitations. <laughs> hopefully,
0: it's not too scared by those guns, considering it just got shot.
2: Oh no.
1: Uh, so you help the bozog out of the crater and presumably back onto the death spider, where the mm. the bozogs are just gonna take off. And now they have a ship.
3: Wait, no, hold on, hold on. I want to, I want to ask the bozog its name.
0: My
1: name's Dorothy.
3: <laughs> Dorothy, eh? So, like, what do you like to do, Dorothy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you hitting on me?
3: <laughs> I'm just saying, would you have an interest in cruising around the galaxy and having fun?
1: i work at a coffee shop please let me go
3: (laughs) our ship could use a cook
1: (gasps) all right so are you actually genuinely trying to recruit this person yes uh roll persuasion 10 Oh, that's, that's not enough to get a, a civilian to give up their life to be an adventurer. Aww. That's like me coming to your house and get, handing you an M4 and be like, come on, Chris, we got to go stop the terrorists.
3: <laughs> oh, I'd be all for it. I'd be like, thank goodness. I was just going to spend my day watching YouTube videos all day.
2: It's about damn time.
1: Um. All right. So unless anybody else wants to try anything, I think Dorothy and the Bozogs are going to leave in the Death
3: Spider. I, I, w- I will give her... My number in case My they gosh. need the contact, or the ship's number in case they need, like, they run into trouble. Thank you. They are flying around in, like, an enemy spacecraft. So. <laughs> well, the New Yogi are a sapient
1: race with, uh, you know, their own culture and military and government and stuff. Even though they are, uh, you know, antagonistic to Dungeons and Dragons characters, they are not considered, like, a kill-on-sight species. That would be pretty barbaric. So they're not going to get shot down.
3: Better safe than sorry. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Anybody wants to do here? I'll 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 heal up Drag because he got he he looks like he got her a little bit. No, that
4: (laughs) no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm gonna perform lay on hands
1: on myself. Oh, yeah, we haven't really talked about your paladin powers. So you do have a little bit of magic. Do you want to explain just the basics of that? Magic. I know you're keeping some of your deep, dark past a secret. Oh, free. yeah,
4: well, that's, yeah, but mostly because I really wasn't thinking about the mechanics of the character at all. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I have uh, lay on hands that I can use um, and uh, restore 15 hit points so that I can restore the 10 that I lost in combat there. Um, I also have a few level one spells um Command and um, was it uh, dual one? Um, compelled dual, and I can be really inspiring and cast heroism.
1: Yeah, but what kind of paladin are you?
4: Oh, oh, what kind of paladin am I? Uh, well, I'm I'm the disgraced kind, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I'm uh I, I I don't even know what evil you would mean by kind of paladin.
1: You're talking it's about the, like the, oath? the kind of paladin you are is called the Oath of Devotion. Oh, oh, okay, yes, yes, I have an Oath of Devotion. Yeah. But it is broken. It is. So there are going to be consequences of that. But you, you you, did have a kind of... It's not exactly a paladin order in the traditional sense. But you had a organization. Yeah. And you are not with them anymore. And that's where your magic comes from. Right. So it's mysteries. Mysteries on mysteries.
0: Right. If, if, ever, if, everyone's, all, if everyone's all done there we'll get back on the ship. Have some celebratory drinks if we're all done.
1: Speaking of the ship... Somebody describe it to me. It' big. All right, that's the canonically <laughs> the only thing to say about your ship.
0: I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything because it's two a.m. and all my brain went is it's like shaped like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what my brain thinks when I'm asked about spaceships at two a.m. Well, who's who's got a better description? <laughs> it
3: looks like the Going Merry from One Piece. <laughs>
1: You know what's funny is in Spelljammer canonically uh there are the spaceships are all based on naval boats and they all have like <gasps> decks that people stand on in space.
2: Oh my god, all the ship names I came up with were fucking jokes on old school ship names.
1: So that is very Spelljammer. Um we are going to go with a more traditional view of space, so uh you guys do need to uh be inside when you're out in the void. Um mostly, we'll talk about that. It's all it's a <sighs>
2: But I love the void.
1: The void is very good. Uh, For the record, uh, the reason you guys can go to any planet and breathe for a while without immediately asphyxiating is because of something called air envelopes, which is a spell jammer concept. But rather than the spell jammer explanation, which is that air is sticky, which doesn't (laughs) mean anything, idiots. Um, Rather, you all have just kind of like chip implants, which um, magically generate breathable atmosphere around you, but it uses up your um you know metabolic fuel so eventually that that will run out as if you are you know stranded on an alien planet or in the void you will eventually suffocate just not immediately that is air envelopes anyway so you guys go to your ship what is it called what does it look like this is a very important decision to make so i'm sure it will be handled with a lot of care and for consideration and (laughs) certainly not
4: rushed
0: um in terms of like ship designs like I've always liked the design of the uh, the original Normandy in Mass Effect. I like that kind of like you've got some sort of sleek wings on the side, maybe like down tilted a little bit and the the center is almost almost like a big elongated like race car thing but with some sort of slightly down pointed wings. I don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on that or wants to suggest <laughs> any alterations to that basic idea. I just googled that and I like it.
1: Or we combined your two ideas. It's the what if the Normandy was a dick?
0: I am up for the Whoa. ditch the dick-shaped Normandy.
2: <laughs> what if it's just like a big tube? Oh my god. <laughs> it's a
1: <laughs> Isn't that actually a thing in comic
3: books? The boom tubes? Probably. That's a transportation device though, not like
2: What is ship? a spaceship, Chris? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> let's,
0: let's all fly around in like a nineteen eighties uh, like just a flying saucer. <laughs> I would be
2: down
1: Alright so it doesn't sound like we have any Consensus on design We'll say that for now it is a combination Of everything we've said (laughs) Have fun with that fan art My dudes In addition I need a name for your ship
2: Uh, Okay I have dumb names I'm going to say them now Uh, One Mothman's Revenge Uh, Two The HMS Snallygaster (laughs) Three The SS Chupacabra (laughs) Uh for the Queen Scary.
0: <laughs> mm. You're welcome. And anyone else got any any shit name ideas? Uh
3: I got one. I thought it was pretty good. How about the critical role? Oh <laughs> fuck off. Ooh, if you don't like that, what if we what if we call what if we called it the adventure zone? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Wait. Alright, I got some other ones. How F- about we off. call it Friends at the Table? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> what about Dice Camera Action? Fuck
1: off.
3: <laughs> dice Friends? Look, I typed good D D show name <laughs> into Google, and this these are what came up. So I, I I put a lot of hard work into this.
0: No, it's ship names, not show names. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh.
3: So we we can't call our ship D and Diesel? <laughs> The D&D show about Vin Diesel?
2: Listen, I vote HMS Snallygaster. It's called the SS Butt Munch now. Because I like saying Snallygaster.
0: Conrad, do you got any ideas for a ship name?
4: I mean, Vin Diesel's really into d
0: and I would listen to that podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I the only one who did their homework? Oh my god, that never happens. I did the homework
0: for team names. I didn't do ship names. Oh, see, I didn't do the team name homework.
4: Just like in high school, I did no homework. <laughs>
3: I'm going to throw myself off a cliff. So how about a deconstruction of what a ship name would be? Because normally ship names are very, like, large, extravagant, and kind of, like, imposing in a way. So what if we do, like, sort of an inverse of that, and our ship is called Chad?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also don't hate Chad. And your rival ship will be called the Virgin.
4: Yeah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just the absolute simultaneous disgust noises. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I, I I I had a name and it. it's not a goof name. I just thought I, I kind of like the I I don't know why I like this as a shit name. The spectrum. I don't know why I like that as a ship name.
2: That's a good serious name.
0: That's that's like a serious name that's not a goof. And I I uh, I don't know.
2: I mean snallygasters are cool. What is a, what is a snallygaster? <clears throat> a half reptile, half bird with a metallic beak lined with razor sharp teeth, occasionally with octopus like tentacles.
4: Okay, and why are we not calling the ship the Snallygaster again?
0: I am up for the Snallygaster, if the rest of you can describe to me how we make a ship look like that thing.
2: Pointy with tentacles.
4: Whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on. The the minnow didn't look like a minnow.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying that that's a rule of how it has to be, but I kind of want to be in a ship that looks like that.
1: For the audience, Snallygaster is spelled S-N-A-L-L-Y-G-A-S-T-E-R, and it has a Wikipedia page.
2: Yeah, it does.
0: Um, I'm looking at images of this thing. I would fly around in a ship that looks like this terrible chicken dragon.
2: (laughs) I just want to say the HMS is absolutely necessary.
1: I mean, honestly, this feels like where the enthusiasm is. HMS
0: Snalligaster mm-hmm. and, and it's a ship that looks like a chicken bird with tentacles coming out its mouth. With
2: tentacle mouth, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean the the Star Trek ship has a plate on it for some reason. So why can't we just get weird with it?
2: Yeah, sweet.
1: Also, I know I know what the dish on the Enterprise does. Please don't at me.
2: <laughs> uh, okay.
1: Do you? Yeah, no, yeah, it does fucking everything. It does yeah. fucking
4: everything. You just have to. D- set the deflector array to something and that disc will do something.
1: You got to polarize the ion-, ion crystals. Yeah, it's all about tachyons. So you guys board the HMS Snallygaster, which I'm excited <laughs> that I got to say this week. Thank you. You're welcome. Um so if you guys want to just talk about uh you know your quarters on the ship, what you do, just have some in-person conversations, uh that's kind of your thing, debrief from the mission. How do you guys do? How you be? Uh-
2: so I want to say Sasha's aesthetic is like Stevie Nicks in space. Uh, so her room is like space witch. Like there's like crystals. Mm-hmm. And like instead of boy band posters, they're like cryptids. So there's like all the big boys are up there. We got the Fresno Nightwalker because Fresno is a thing. We got we got Mothman. We got Chupacabra eating a goat. It's all there.
0: The captain's room, I uh, like to think it's it's pretty bare bones, mainly just like a big old bed. She's got a cork board up on the wall with a bunch of photos on it that are just cool friends she's made in space. Her like corkboard of space friends. And then she's got some uh some little picture frames around the room that are just people that she has good relationships around space she's not tied down by anyone but these are the depending on where she is in space there's probably someone that she's made out with that she's got in a little picture frame it's like ah ah you were cool you were cool to kiss yeah and that's about it She's just got some pictures she's got the court board wall of cool friends and otherwise a pretty bare room
3: uh, i like think olivia's room is like kind of uh well it's hipster to the wall there's uh like an old school record player in there
2: do you have tapestries
3: uh yeah probably some tapestries there's probably like a machine exclusively devoted to like making chai lattes <laughs> or chai whiskey cocktails or chai tea just stuff with chai in it and uh her bed isn't like it's almost kind of like uh a sunken in bed kind of like basically sleeping in a bathtub there's like a little bit of water in it so when she's sleeping it's kind of almost just like floating instead
2: oh that's so cute
3: because their minds are foam
2: oh
0: Leah Moira does have a small uh, bedside fridge full of all the things required to make nice cocktails.
2: (laughs) Sasha has a nest instead of a bed. It's a nest.
4: (laughs) Uh, Dreg's quarters have a a, a slightly, well, I say slightly like a a half-deck recessed uh, floor (laughs) so that he fits comfortably in it, but it is almost completely empty except for a human-sized duffel bag with... uh, his possessions which uh, are meager um and a small cot well small for him large generally but it's a cot it's it's pretty empty uh
0: I, i i like to think upon getting back from from any from any mission um leah moira's already got on hand like before before going out on the mission she's prepared some drinks and got them chilling in the fridge ready to go there is the celebratory drinks and there's the commiseration drinks and they're both there. So when we get back in, it's just a case of she'll off she'll off around the commiseratory or celebratory drinks as required.
2: Is it like Bojack Horseman where they're the same?
0: Uh I I like that. Yeah, they're the- they are the same drink. Let's go with that.
1: All right. So is the crew going to get together to drink drink together at the end of this mission?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. With my beak. I will mention.
3: You know, seemed like that that Mexican standoff went by really quickly. It felt like it was a little bit more of like a Mexican meat cute than anything else. (laughs) I feel like we need to hold on to that a little bit longer. (laughs) I wish I had an
1: NPC in the scene so I could be mean to Olivia in character.
0: (laughs) Oh, everyone, everyone, welcome back. Uh, I have prepared for everyone a nice round of... uh, Aladrin mind blowers. Oh, these are these are really knock your socks off, everyone. Do we have to
3: roll Constitution checks?
0: <laughs> yeah, now you do. I insist
3: I
2: insist upon it. Oh, I'm so small.
1: Constitution saving throws.
2: Fuck. Quit! <laughs> Fuck you. I'm like 80 pounds and like f- four foot five. Uh, 18.
1: I don't drink. 10. Drake Drake does not join in. Dreg does not drink. Oh. Mm. Is that a paladin thing or just a Dreg thing? That is a Dreg thing.
0: Uh, is there something that uh, could have perhaps become customary to offer him while we're doing post-mission post, uh, post mission drinks?
4: No, he's he's content to just sit and watch. It's not,
1: you know, it's not a trouble <laughs> thing. Dreg drinks ambiance. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ken, for shits and giggles... Can we get into a drinking contest and see which one of us uh, lasts oh, longest? Fuck. Uh,
0: yes, but remember, I do have the ability to redo my rolls if required. So I'm I'm not gonna let this not gonna let this. Be but lost. doesn't
3: that consecutively make you drunker as well?
0: Yes, it does. It's going to be beautiful.
3: Uh... <laughs> i will trying to figure out like the Möbius strip of you <laughs> drinking to get yourself less drunk. <laughs>
0: It's drinking to, like, make myself forget that I'm drunk to power my way through. Uh, so Sasha rolled a 10,
1: which is average, which means you you react in an average way to these extremely strong alcoholic drinks, which means you are pretty tipsy.
2: I'm gonna crawl under, like, the couch cushions or something. <laughs> oh, you're making
0: a nest again, dear. You do make the best nests. hoo,
2: hoo. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. You,
0: you <laughs> dear, you're the one who's made the nest.
1: Oh my lord.
2: <laughs> I just want to point out Sasha's very small. Mm-hmm. So yeah, She's, we It's a tiny bird. We just generally have a nice,
0: friendly unwind after a job. Very effectively done. We did very well there, I think.
2: Fucking owned him.
3: Hmm. Uh Olivia will say, uh you doing you doing alright there, Drag?
0: Hmm. Mm. It's fine. You did very well with your intimidation. You were, you were, uh, cer- certain, certainly a threatening foot you've got. They're small. They are indeed. Even smaller when we put them next to your feet. Your feet are, your feet are, frankly, fabulously large. I, <laughs> I, I, I uh, I've i've never i've never felt more petite and demure in my life than when I put myself next to one of your wonderful feet
1: <laughs> all right Tarrantino yeah.
2: <laughs> y- y- y'all are fucking weird <laughs>
4: uh...
0: <laughs> Sorry.
2: i've had I, i've had a few
0: drinks I don't take anything i say too much to heart it's fine we did a good job no. it was you did wonderfully dear
4: i just i I'm flattered, I am, but um,
0: I'm I'm just not interested. Oh, um, it's 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 fine. I I, I, I promised you I have enough interested. In it's tutors. a professional
4: courtesy thing, you see. <laughs> I, I
0: have enough interested suitors in dotted around the galaxy. It's really, it's really not a problem.
4: Of course you do. Of course you do.
0: Oh, I'll show you, I'll show you, I'll show you the picture frames on the cork board if you wish.
4: Yeah, I'll I'll be in my quarters if anyone needs me. This just got awkward.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll go if you wanna if you wanna <laughs> chill with them, I'll I'll go back I'm, I'm sorry. No. This is just how Can I, I
3: use my condo a prevention to prevent this scene?
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, so you guys make everything extremely awkward, and you guys yeah. I assume at the end of the day go to bed. Um at which point you receive a message on your, I guess, what is it called in science fiction? Like a telescreen. Can it I, I wish they would just call them screens. A view screen in a lot of cases. Holo,
0: holo holo screen.
4: Wall screen.
1: Digivice.
2: The thing. The thingy.
1: Um you guys get a message back from Earth uh for your team, which needs a name. So what's your team name? How do people refer to you?
0: Um I, my my favorite name I came up with was Vodka Aunt and her No Winter Party Conflict Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else got a name? A little long, perhaps. I didn't do that
3: homework. I have four suggestions. The Vulgar Specialists. Yeah? The, mid, the Midnight Knights. No. The Tough Bastards. <laughs> or the Zexy Dreamers.
2: I do like that one. I hate all of them.
3: I, I will note... All of those names are come up by punching the names of the original four Golden Girls characters into the Wu-Tang Clan name generator.
0: <laughs> that does rule. Uh, I, I I had a statue uh, or star Trekker's brackets across the universe.
4: Oh, <laughs> how very firm of you.
0: Uh, Jeez. What were yours again, Chris? I, I remember quite liking one of them. What were yours, Chris?
3: uh vulgar specialists midnight knights tough bastards spelled t u f f i might add <laughs> oh and, i love it and zexy dreamers
2: i like tough bastards <laughs> same
3: I I feel like you if you had to
1: file that paperwork with like the people in charge of like the Adventurers Guild they would they would be very upset with you.
0: What if it wasn't the actual word bastards but it was bastards but with the word stars in it because it's space.
2: Oh.
1: But the bastars. Yeah,
2: tough bastars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Who are still it. the
3: tough T U F F bastars.
2: <laughs> Please, I
3: love it. That fly the snuffleupagus or whatever it was called.
2: Snallygaster, bitch.
3: <laughs> Snallygaster, bitch. Hold on, I have to
1: see this written out. The Bastards.
2: <laughs> oh boy. What if you're just
1: called the Bastards and just like, the, I mean, the word star is in the middle of it.
2: Yeah,
0: we're the, we're, we're, we're the, Bastard, or we're the Bastards. With the star is like, in, like italicized in the word i love it
3: that means big star will have to join us one day (laughs) because he's a big star did you do this
1: whole thing to just sneak him in the back door no okay no i
3: I did it for the joke of these are all being golden girls names brought to the wu-tang clan generator
0: i need to know from you what what golden girls character name generated this (sighs) i have to look
3: it up because i don't remember i feel like that might have been rose but i was gonna
0: say
2: it sounds like rose
0: Cause if so, we could have the rose bastard. Uh, the rose bastard.
3: Cause
4: I would have thought
1: Sophia.
2: That's true. Also.
1: All right. So while you guys are doing this in the background, I just want to say you guys get a message. It's probably addressed to like some boring serial number. It's like Adventuring Party A Seven Three Five Zero Six Twelve. But then in parentheses the bastards.
3: Uh, the yeah. the the bastard. It's a tough bastard. Is actually uh, Blanche Devereaux.
0: Oh yes. Whoa. Okay, that's sassy. I'm, I'm liking that energy. So. It, I, the, tu- the tough the tough bass the tough bastards <laughs> there's
1: just so many sharp parts of that word in my mouth it's got like all kinds of consonants that i don't enjoy and the vowels are you are saying just...
2: it's bad mouthfeel
1: <laughs> yeah it's the mouthfeel honestly um but it's cute because it's tough spelled t-u-f-f Ah. i'm just trying to picture you guys file this pa- filing this paperwork at the dmv is all is all I'm thinking about. Yeah,
2: no,
0: it's
3: I know state employees, they don't care if you just pay the money and don't make a mess of it, they'll put anything down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just picturing um Leah Moira's at the DMV and she's like, Look, I'll give you I'll give you a bottle a bottle of something nice that'll take the edge off the rest of the day. You'll just you just smile and look the other way, okay, dear?
1: Uh so the message you guys get is for your upcoming jobs. Um and the way this works is that Uh, adventuring parties are assigned to solar systems and you kind of patrol the solar system going where people need help. However, because the universe is so incredibly uh, astronomically huge, uh, there isn't like a lot of backup. Like there aren't other adventuring parties usually, maybe one or two. So you're, you're kind of on your own here in the system, which means you have kind of a backlog of missions to choose. So, There are actually two different assignments you can pick from Uh, which assignment you pick um, is going to have consequences because the one you're not addressing is going to continue developing in the meantime.
3: Just like the commercial for Mass Effect 1.
1: (gasps) Did that have a slowed down sad version of a pop song? Because that's the only kind of game trailers I like.
3: (laughs) I don't remember it, but it might have. They may have had a slowed down version of where have all the cowboys gone? (laughs)
1: um so you guys have two missions to pick from i am now going to uh explain them to you and then you you will pick one and that's where we will start the next episode
0: explain away sounds good okay do it
1: so i haven't said this i don't know why i saved it it's because it's not like a big surprise or like a mic drop or anything but the name of the solar system you guys are assigned to is markov m-a-r-k-o-v you are in the Markov system. That's where Pell 3, the moon you just came from, is, as well as the planets you're about to learn about. Uh, the system that Earth exists in is obviously called Sol, S-O-L. Um, it, it may or may not be like our Sol. I don't intend to find out because Earth is fine. Don't worry about Earth. Um, but the, the Markov system has a number of planets and there will be a map published on at least patreon.com slash Austin That's where I'll upload it. You can go on the discord link in the description as well. Eventually. Um, also, that's where character sheets will be. I'll upload them on both those places and anywhere else you guys want. It's not a, it's not a big deal, but you don't need to see them. You can enjoy the show without seeing the character sheet of the maps. That's just something extra. If you're curious, but Let's get to it. The two missions that you are informed of back from home that you have to pick from. The first one is on a planet called Fermat. F-E-R-M-A-T. Fermat is a small, it's a planet high in metals, and it's extremely irradiated and poisonous and hazardous to life. It has essentially no atmosphere, and so it is constantly pelted with asteroids and the sun's UV rays, it's uh, barren of life, and it sucks in a major way. Also, there has been a distress beacon from the planet Fairmont, and you have been assigned to find out who is in distress there. So that is the first mission, is a distress beacon on a terrible, irradiated planet. The second mission is on a planet called Hypatia, h Y-P-A-T-I-A. This planet was a boring rock planet like many others. However, it was uh, terraformed by the company Valamin Aeronautics. Nice. Um, It is now a nature preserve for endangered animals.
2: (gasps) Um,
1: More specifically, megafauna, which is the Uh. science word for huge animals. Animals too dangerous... To keep on Earth and other planets, presumably, because the world of D&D is full of just terrifying monsters and they can't be safely kept near people. So they were all relocated to Hypatia, which is an artificially uh, terraformed nature preserve now. And the mission there is that there were there were reports of poachers sighted (gasps) on Hypatia. No. So those are the two options of missions you have and whichever whichever place you go whichever place you make a priority will be less the situation will be less developed so you'll be able to intervene earlier but you're going to need to go to both it's just about which one you are you are willing to prioritize
3: uh i say the distress beacon
2: no yeah logically that makes sense uh
0: what's what's both your reasons for the distress beacon over the other
3: my logic is that the distress beacon on a planet that's like just constantly being hammered and is full of radiation means that person may not have a very long chance of survival right whereas poaching we could potentially still get there like even if they poach animals we could still get there to like free the animals before they get off world yeah but it feels it feels like there's a more limited clock with the distress signal
2: that's how i feel too
3: yeah, it's like somebody somebody has
4: asserted themselves the act of asking for assistance with a distress call, hearing that there are poachers, they was like, Yeah, okay, well.
0: I I am very much like I will go with all of you. Um that is a very strong party decision. The only thing I will suggest for the poaching thing is uh A, we've just seen the ability to take control of things. These are very big, powerful things. If we turn up, that, that might yeah. be a situation. Also your argument that like oh the people actually actively called for help there animals can't really call for help so we i know i i think i think you've made the right decision and just putting the 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 Points on that side of the table.
2: No, it's rough.
4: So, so what? We just grab the spiders off of Pell three. We take them over to you know the the planet with the animals. Oh,
2: because we're their masters. No.
4: Then we control the animals, <laughs> the, you know, the really big dangerous animals, because they are
1: our slaves. Please, d- p- please say this is all dragon character being like, well, we are masters, so we use our slaves. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it seems like we've all got a fairly, fairly solid idea for this. Uh right, we'll let them know we are taking the mission to go and uh d- go after that distress beacon first.
3: Can I sneak one of the spiders on board? <laughs> oh Prince. god, nothing's gonna go wrong there. Oh <laughs> friends! We're supposed to find friends, right? Spider friends!
2: then we got any
1: uh, credits? I do have credits, Lauren, thank you for asking.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> In fact, I have all the credits that you could possibly want for September 2018. Would you like to hear them?
2: Uh, we do music first?
1: There's actually a lot of music because we're crediting both the end of last season and the beginning of the new season all at once. So we have New Jack Mantle, an arrangement of The Mantle from Nights into Dreams uh, by Overclocked Remix. We have Linear Groove, an arrangement of A-type and B-type from Tetris, also by Overclocked Remix. We have Your Reality, future-based remix from Doki Doki Literature Club by The Musical Ghost. We have Morning Thinker, an arrangement of Thinker from Armored Core 4 by Overclocked Remix, and The Sound of the Galaxy, an arrangement of Freedom's Progress from Mass Effect by Overclocked Remix.
2: Wow, I'm impressed.
1: You have heard a music?
2: I have heard a single music, (laughs) just one music. How was it? Musical. Fuck off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, do you Uh, want to read the executive producers for September?
2: Damn, I wanted to say the executive producers.
1: Well, you didn't say it.
2: The executive producers for September are... Joseph Tombrello.
1: Exstellaris,
2: Random web person.
1: <laughs> Griffin McElroy.
2: <laughs> I don't think so.
1: No, probably not. It's a good joke, though. Thank Do you, you. think
2: we did it, boys? I don't think so. Uh, Jesse Young.
1: Devin Smith.
2: Brent. The best lover I've never had. Goatly.
1: The Cult of Gorfinax.
2: Savard Nakrasimova.
1: Paul Mullen.
2: Toshiro, oh gosh, my, my mouth did a thing. Mm-hmm. Toshiro Kuro, editor of Attack on Dice.
1: Brendan Williams.
2: <gasps> Possum Kingdom refugee, take me to the Possum Kingdom.
1: <laughs> Dr. Goatman.
2: Andrew Grothin.
1: Levy, the young conduit of Not Mad, Just Disappointed.
2: I feel like that's you. Aww. Francois V.
1: Kevin Dobbins.
2: Robert Dakin.
1: Anthony Sauvier.
2: Morgan Rapp.
1: Meow Mazelle. That's, That's like a good. French cat. Mew- meow Mazelle. Meow
2: Mazelle.
1: Yeah. Meow Mazelle.
2: Matthew Schultz.
1: Melody the Gay Shark. Same. <laughs> That's just a dice fun character.
2: Right. Ian <laughs> Morgan.
1: Rain Conduit of Wetness herself.
2: Uh oh. Emo Git.
1: Eventual Eden. Fubar. Brittany and Jermaine Walls.
2: Ashley. No, just Ashley.
1: Dirge Novak.
2: Sam Stanowitz. S. Kearney. John Kerry.
1: <laughs> the former presidential candidate, John Kerry. Uh, oh. Joseph. Yeah?
2: I just I just realized. What? I forgot he existed.
1: <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Joseph Mavero, the unsexy arrow. That was That's fun a to great say. Rhyme. Yeah, that was rhyme. That was a blast. Thank you.
2: Drew James.
1: Michael Mertes.
2: Mertes.
1: Mertes.
2: Ebron, the boy that lived. Exos. Oh, fight Oh, fight Oh, you want to fight?
1: I oh. feel like that is etymologically linked to snakes somehow. Anyway. Oh. Transient passerby.
2: Bye. Ink drop the chondra. Hashtag respect if you know what a chondra is. I don't know. Respect for me.
1: Oh, maybe next time. Yeah. Press after pay respects. Ah! Conduit of Q jumping itself.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm so happy I get to read this one. Uh Justin Berthiesel, conduit of Oh-oh-oh-oh-oh itself.
1: <laughs> Ross Vita.
2: Stay tuned for a wedding.
1: Ooh. Some people are just gonna start announcing like engagements and like childbirths at our credits.
2: Oh my gosh, that's that's a lot of uh responsibility.
1: Yeah. Bloody Roar needs pangolins. It does.
2: Sarita Conduit of Puns.
1: Julian Phillips.
2: Lindsay Pankhurst,
1: Jeff Clark,
2: Lauren Cates,
1: Counter Fifth,
2: Jack Clough,
1: Richard G. Coles,
2: Kiefer Lowe, E. Corrin, Blast Cruz,
1: <laughs> Dr. Tao,
2: Sean Lyonsberg,
1: <laughs> Big Two Boy, Conduit of Getting Dunked On.
2: You. <laughs> Oops. Matthias Leckitz.
1: Janiac, form of candy flipping in a bouncy castle and giggling like a... And then it cuts off. was
2: pretty good.
1: Flew too, too close to the sun <laughs> on <that one>.
2: Harley <coughs> Aster.
1: Primordial Orc.
2: Andrew Fallu, conjured of me- mediocrity itself, as always. Same. Puck. Uh, f- 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 butcher <laughs> my name, Galopolis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll
1: leave the audience to decide how that was spelled. <laughs> Dice Funk Season 5, Funkzilla's Revenge. Oh, they've spoiled it now.
2: Uh, Joaquin Gronig.
1: Jerry, Conduit of Shipping, and apparently that also makes me a god.
2: Uh-oh! Don't tell Lauren! Uh, Jasper Singh,
1: John Barnett.
2: Cucumber.
1: Hustlebones.
2: Killer Cotton Shisno
1: Nicholas Dominic
2: Isaac Aravallo, Yam! Anna Michael.
1: Andrew Birmingham.
2: Douglas Williamson.
1: The Most Wise Guru.
2: Z. 2361.9.
1: Quench the Void.
2: Vizzy Huggles. Conduit of the Same River Twice.
1: J. Logan. Conduit of Queerness Itself.
2: The Cast of Dungeons The Gathering.
1: Notorious Stoltz.
2: Victoria Melito.
1: Scotty Vilhard. Eileen. Mazjin.
2: Criterion.
1: Einar Johansson.
2: Carter Rayner,
1: Major Tam.
2: Matthew B. Hare.
1: Jorgen, conduit of name butchering Weinwick Ford.
2: I read a Zandra Light novel and he <laughs> to into a patron.
1: Transformed, I believe.
2: Transformed. Okay. <laughs>
1: they, tra- they got it in another word count, so.
2: They did. I'm impressed but confused.
1: It's a reference to the way Light novel titles are written.
2: Oh, okay. Sure.
1: Razumi Yazura.
2: Albert West.
1: Ken Fersel.
2: Eleanor and Sees Periton.
1: Scott Cummings.
2: Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong.
1: Juman Jack.
2: Meltiche
1: Arjun Deconing. Grimlock. John Potts.
2: Noah Sudret.
1: Zephyrs.
2: Elderly Goose.
1: Salad Child.
2: Seraph Stone.
1: Caster UK.
2: Elderly Goose.
1: <laughs> no, no.
2: <laughs> I got lost and I got really excited about the Goose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just jump back five to yell at oh, goose. <laughs> I just
2: dispute about a goose. Oh, God. Okay, so I'm at Aki Sabalainen.
1: Uh-huh. The Paladin's Wife.
2: Florian H.
1: Charm, Wilkie, Conduit of Introversion itself. Is that you? Sometimes.
2: Junk 2.0.
1: The Hadsles.
2: Melissa Nielsen. Dawn. Reynard The Conduit of Being Stoned. I will fight you on that one, Reynard.
1: <laughs> Britt Holcomb.
2: All right, it was BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Shyness. Dennis Pancake Detlifson.
1: Miko from Finland.
2: Dennis Bankson. Bankston.
1: <laughs> Josh Mosier.
2: And Bandane
1: Allison the Purple.
2: Sydney Marsing.
1: Just a jester.
2: Brady Warner.
1: Kitty Foe.
2: James Neely.
1: Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf.
2: Toby Gleason Stack.
1: Matthew Weber, how do you change your name to make it a joke?
2: <laughs> Somebody <to> tell him. <laughs> he did it though. Oh, I guess so. That's a good joke. Cameron Abbott.
1: <laughs> All right, Dylan. Anna. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays.
2: Harrison Andrew.
1: Christopher Charlow.
2: Vagar Arnston.
1: Cody Jackson.
2: August Rue.
1: The Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Marietta, Georgia.
2: Luke Powers. <laughs>
1: I'm just imagining a whole ch- church listening to this and then like, bursting out in applause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he Drawn Master.
2: Erwan Lilogadik. Michael Hall. Ingemar Grimon. We did it. You can say that.
1: Well, <laughs> technically, sounds came out of our mouths.
2: Yes, we did make sounds. Uh huh. I love to make a sound.
1: They're very good. I can't believe we just finished the season and now we're on a whole new season. It never stops. Life just comes at you. It, you know what they say?
2: Time keeps on slipping. Slipping. slipping.
1: <laughs> they say the days start coming and they don't stop coming. And I gotta tell you, it's very accurate.
2: Oh, gosh. How fucking dope would it be, though, if Griffin McElroy was actually, like...
1: You want to rematch, Griffin? I beat you in Bloodborne, bitch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope he is listening now.
1: No, he's gonna be mad at me.
2: Uh, People on our show.
1: Mm, yeah twitter's and stuff we have people and then you gotta follow their stuff
2: i'm margalicious i'm garbage sorry
1: um i mean i'm at patreon.com slash austin yorski if you want to support me chris is at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap laura is at kotaku.co.uk also laura k buzz everywhere chris is Rolo roll on twitter are you even listening are you writing this down and you have to take notes why am i even saying this
2: yeah what he said
1: Conrad, Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter, everywhere, follow stuff, god. Sketch.bandcamp.sketch.com
2: .sketch.bandcamp.sketch.bandcamp.com .bandcamp.
1: Slash. Bandcamp. Slash
2: sketch. Sketch. He's gonna murder us.
1: (laughs) There needs to be a super cut of every time we've tried to say that URL on the various credits.
2: Right, um, thanks to all the animals. Apparently there's some new cats joining. Background
1: <gasps> Conrad's cats we'll have to get him to talk talk about his cats on air sometime
2: We'll have to trip trick him into talking about his cats uh Zelda's asleep very high up Anna's probably foraging in the garbage Smudge is uh Laura's cat probably being really good because she's not a gorblin, uh scotia uh Chris's dog she barks sometimes uh there's a dog that lives across the street from Austin that's a good dog
1: dotskitch dot com slash camp
2: slash band <laughs> dot
1: band <laughs> dot slash, sketch. slash slash sketch dot com
2: slash music <laughs>